Uh, hello and welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Cora Heller. And we're still moving through the Hall of Fame discussion. We've talked about um, a couple guys who have been on the ballot for a few years. We've talked about the year one folks. We're now moving through some of the other names on the list that we uh, we haven't talked about yet. And Corbin, I want to read you a stat line. Um, let me pull it up. Do you both want to read it, or do you want to read it? And I'm just now finding out about it for the first time. Uh, uh, it depends on how well you know baseball players. Because <laughs> um, this might sound familiar to you. I don't know. All right. Any, sh- sh- sit down and listen, all right? All right, shut the fuck up, Corwin. Shut the fuck uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad you're finally growing up backbone and standing up to me. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking your name off this fucking show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Um, here's here's a career guy, career stat line for a guy. 60.2 war. All right. Two-time yeah. all-star, one gold glove, one silver slugger. Um, career slash line of uh, 291, 395, 475. That's good for an 870 OPS and a career OPS plus of 128. Uh, this man finished his career with 400 stolen bases, even, and 288 home runs. Um, he led the league. He led, yeah, he led all of baseball in triples one season. He led um, the National League in doubles once. That is all he ever led in ever, um, and played in the outfield. Is this person a Hall of Famer in your eyes? Um, how was his defense? Now that is the fuck you, Greg. That that is the only thing that matters on this show. Uh, a career yeah. DWAR of negative ten point nine. So honestly, considering how we judge defense, yeah, that's not awful. <laughs> um, um, I would say yes. I I find this tough because we're we're looking at a guy. So when we looked at Mark Burley last week, I think, um, we were looking at a guy who had like fifty nine and a half WAR, and like never really led the league in much of anything a few things here and there that mattered like complete games i think um and how he had the aura of the perfect game and outside of that he was kind of just a dude who played for a long time and that's what it was um this player also an 18 year long career so i think it's about the same as beerley one additional war over beerley um and his stats look pretty similar to him and i just i just don't know so this player this mystery player is bobby abreu um, who I think, I don't know about you, Corbin, I'm not sure he was ever on any teams you cared about, but he was on the Yankees for a little bit there. I remember Bobby Abreu. Uh, Everyone liked Bobby Indians, Abreu. I think. Was he with the Indians? No. No, he was with, he started his career with Houston and then spent a bunch of years in Philly, spent a few years in uh, with the Yankees, three years, three and a half years with the Angels, a half a season with the Dodgers, and one season with the Mets. No, no Cleveland. Here. I remember him with the Mets. I don't really remember him anywhere else, just because that's when I started watching. I was going to say that just makes sense. I mean, you know, play with the Mets in 2014 is most recent season, so that is that's fair. Um, yeah. So he 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 just missed out on winning a World Series with the Yankees. He left the Yankees in 08, heading to the um, Angels. And you know, it's tough because like I like Bobby Abreu, and this is a really good. This is this is right here on that border that I think we talked about a bit with Mark Beerley of like, where do you stop? Where's the line between Hall of Very Good and Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know in my heart if Bobby Abreu crosses that line for me. Because I think what pushed me over the edge, if I was a voter and I was going to go for Mark Beerley, is that he has that perfect game. There's that aura there. There's that thing. I, right. I don't know what that would be for a batter. I don't know, maybe like a triple crown or batting title or some shit like that. But whatever it is, I mean, Abreu doesn't have it. But he still has a really great career. So I don't know. I don't feel confident in this one. See, it's one of those things where, like, even on name basis, recognition, and reputation, 
I would say just off of that, not, you know, really actively watching these guys' careers, just really knowing how people talk about them, talk about their careers and talk about, you know, what they were able to accomplish. I would consider Bobby Abreu a Hall of Famer rather than Mark Burley. Burley, Burley, I don't fucking care. It's a tough uh, name to pronounce. I don't. I yeah. I haven't been confident a single time I've said it. Boy, what like growing up seeing that name written in like only not ever actually you know said aloud in context of of being able to know what it is. Burley is not what I would have went with. <laughs> I'm pretty sure before we started the show, I'm pretty sure. I was saying like Burl, and then I heard someone saying it on the radio, and I was like, "Oh fuck me, huh?" Yeah, uh, I couldn't even tell you what it used to be, but it definitely wasn't purely. Nope. 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 Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby Abreu, um, <laughs> <laughs> just again, I know reputation, name recognition, none of which are things that should be. A basis for the Hall of Fame. Um, that's that's what I got, though. Uh, I and I think there's a reason that. So this is his second year on the ballot. He's coming up into his first year on the ballot. He was uh, the only guy of the first year dudes who didn't get elected in the Hall of Fame on his first year um, to to hang on for his second year. So he's the only guy seeing his second year on the ballot this season. Um, and he just survived getting 5.5% of, of, of uh, total ballots. You need 5% to stay on the ballot to ne- for next year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw his number increase, only because there's, as we talked about several times, there's not a lot of guys f- seeing their first year on the ballot that I think either of us think are going to draw too many votes. And the guys at the top of the ballot have, you know, thinned out a little bit. Some people have been elected into the Hall of Fame, like Larry Walker recently. Um, so people looking for other people to vote for might pick Bobby Abreu now, um, unless they go with some um, of the steroids players. Barry Bonds. Yes, Barris Bondus. Um, but <laughs> it's tough to say. I, Is I don't think... Roman Legion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Barry Bonds, secret Roman from, from 200 BC. Um, anyway... <laughs> Biggest Dickus, uh, Bobby Abreu, I probably wouldn't vote for, but he is here. Um, let's see, what was Bobby Abreu's best season? And let's be very basic bitches and use OPS Plus. And his best year by OPS Plus was 2002 with the Phillies. He finished, uh, he had 50 doubles, it was most in the National League. Slash line of 308, 413, 521, a 934 OPS, and a 151 OPS plus. And he got no MVP votes. He got MVP votes in 2001. He got MVP votes in 2003, but none in 2002, which by hitting appears to be his best season. And folks, if that ain't fucking baseball. Uh, yeah. You know what? Oh, fuck, I had a joke all lined up. Oh, you called us basic bitches for using OPS, and I said, um, get in bitch for hitting. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I know. All right, so we'll we'll leave the Bobby Abreu discussion there. Uh, let's take a, a hop, skip, and jump over to somebody else I think might be fun talking about. Corbin, I'm going to tell you about a pitcher. Ooh, I like pitching. He's, he's got 60.2. War for his career, a win-loss record of 256 to 153, a career ERA of 3.85, uh, 2,448 strikeouts, a career 1351 whip. Um, he led the league in games started uh, three times, leading all of baseball twice. Uh, outside of that, the only thing he ever led in was wins one season and home runs per nine in one season. Um, he has, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four top five finishes in Cy Young. He received MVP votes twice, finished third in rookie of the year. His first season has, uh, three all-star appearances, um, won the ALCS MVP and a five-time World Series champ. Um, is this man a Hall of Famer? Uh, man, it's tough not being able to see like the shit written out because I am not good at 
remembering like, things, remembering <laughs> things, and you know, using information received. You know, auto audit. It's auditory learning, but I don't know what the, I guess, verbiage would be for it. Like auditorily, I think. Auditorily, yeah, it makes sense. I think. Um, so it's hard to say because it's hard to you know kind of put that all in context together. Um, but you know, it definitely sounds like it would be a fringe kind of on the bubble type of career. But I'll say sure. All right. Well, this mystery player is Andy Pettit. Um, take now, <laughs> well, suck a dick. First off, now Andy Pettit is an interesting case. Um, he too is, you know, right there on the line. Sixty war is considered the the threshold over which puts you into the, you know, generalized realm of Hall of Famer. Um, he was never a he was never an ace. He was always like he was like the best number two guy ever. Um, constantly, uh, you know, chucking innings, never really played poorly, never really, he had one, he had a 239 ERA season. Wow. I don't remember that because it was with Houston. That's why. <laughs> um, but he has a ton of accolades behind him because he was part of the core four. He won five world series rings. Um, however, he also, ha- huh? Who's in the core four again? Core four officially is Mariano Rivera, um, Jorge Posada, Derek Jeter, and Andy Pettit. Unofficially, we also include Bernie Williams. But not A-Rod, just fuck that guy. Well, no, the core four refers to these four players who all came up at the same time. That's why Bernie's not included. He was up earlier. And why A-Rod wouldn't be included because he was traded for later and not part of the Yankees farm system. Um, uh, fair enough. Yeah, that's why a lot of people gripe about Bernie not being, quote-unquote, in the core four. And it's like, well, he emotionally is, but the term refers to their, you know, generally speaking, their service time. Um, although Posada came up latest out of all of them. Doesn't matter. Um, I the other thing... Me. Huh? What'd you say? I imagine Yankee forums are very heated about this. Oh, it's a hotly contested topic. Um, Shout-outs to the Yankees subreddit. Um, the other thing that mars Andy Pettit is that he also had a positive PED test. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it was oof, right around when he was in Houston. Because it was later on... It was, well, I only say that because actually, like, you know, he was in Houston in 04, 05, and 06, which is right around when MLB started cracking down on, you know, the PED usage. And again, this begs the question of just how much do you care about that? Because if you care about the PED usage, then you're blanketly saying no to him no matter what. Because if you're saying no to Bonds' 160 war, you're saying no to Andy Pettit's 60. Um, but if you're on the fence about it, and that's like a black mark, but not like the end of the world, then he's he's very on the fringe. I think we'll see him on the ballot for several more years. I don't think he's going to fall off in, in, in any short term or gain huge traction in any short term. But if he's going to get in, it'll probably be somewhere between year seven and ten. I don't think. I don't know. I I. I'm a I'm a big Yankees fan, and I'm not sure where I would I would probably vote for him, but I'm not I have the recognition to know that a lot of that's built into my fandom and not necessarily what's on the stats page. You know what I mean? Oh. Corwin? Yeah. Sorry, what'd you say? I said oh completely. I get what you mean about being a biased Yankees fan. Yeah, I know you are as well. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Highly Gotta love those Yankees. Yankees. Uh, the you know you know the Pittsburgh uh, uh, Pirates they're 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 the Yankees of Allegheny County. Uh, the, yeah, they are the New York Yankees of that you know stadium because they're far and away the best team that plays there. Well, except for every the other team that comes into town. <laughs> uh, Pitt's college team isn't that great. Yeah, fuck you, Pitt. I guess I have no strong feelings on the matter. I do. Um, well, I mean, I know you do. 
Oh, yeah. Matt Tory. Pit fucker. Like he listens to this. <laughs> I called him a pit fucker. That really set me up for a nice kid fucker joke, but. I, uh, I I heard the last name of Sandusky in the wild, and my only thought was, man, it must suck to be you still. Right? Yeah. Like, not, you know, not even making a joke, just genuinely, like, every, everyone's first thought when they meet you is not about you. God, just imagine being, like, a 15-year-old kid in, like, I don't know, Romania with the last name Hitler in, like, 1950. And it's just like, hey, guys, I'm sure glad that guy's dead. Can we, uh, can we, uh, can we move on from hating that name for a little bit, please? Yep. Just like the first name, Adolf, or wearing the Charlie Chaplin mustache. They are all gone. It's a good thing, uh, anyone who wears it doesn't, you know, wear it to the office for a Halloween costume wearing grease paint. Oh, God. Did someone do that at your, at your work? No, it's, it's, uh, a plot line in the office. Oh. Fuck that show. Um. I mean, yeah, that's, I, don't I don't love it as much as, like, 21-year-old girls do, but, like, it's still a good show. Yeah, it's fine. Actually, you know what's really impressive? Um, Andy Pettit never finished, I'm sorry, had one season below an ERA plus of 100. So every season he had a better ERA than average. That's actually saying a lot. Yeah. The one like, season he was like, below oh, was, wow, he was better than average. But, like, no, everyone at some point has a bad season. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, it's it's part of being a fucking person, you know? You're 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 bound to throw a shit season at some point. Yeah, um, like Chris Davis, and he just happened to save them all up for the end of his career. It is still one of the most perplexing things I've ever seen. Um, hold on, real quick, I want to look at Pedro Martinez. How many seasons below an ERA plus of one hundred do you think Pedro Martinez has? Pedro, uh, yeah, zero. Uh, two. Wow. Yeah, he had a 98 ERA plus season in 2006 with the Mets, and he had a 75 ERA plus season in his 2008 campaign with the Mets. Those taking place in his age 34 and 36 season. His ERA plus lifetime is still 154 because it's you know Pedro fucking Martinez, but still a good pitcher. Did you see the video of him on uh, Twitter? Where he was just like hanging around somewhere and saw a guy in a Boston cap. Oh no! Like, hey, man, I think you're, you're nice thinking Manny Ramirez. Oh shit! You're right. I am. Yeah, that was a hilarious video. And he was just—I like that he was just kind of like, "Okay, bye." I uh, was a huge part of your franchise when they broke the streak, but all right, see ya, buddy. You think it like internally? He was like, "Fucking Boston fans, man! God damn! Oh, they're racist, and they don't know who I am." <laughs> Fuck you, Wouldn't be surprised Austin. if the dude was like, who is this just scary, poor black man looking at me? Ugh. Why his braid's so fuzzy? <laughs> um, we'll actually be talking about Manny Ramirez later on. But uh, anyway, so yeah. yeah so that, would, would you vote for, for Andy Pettit? Uh, full-fledged knowing him and his career? No, I wouldn't. Fair enough. And I think this discrepancy between the two of us is why Andy Pettit seeing his uh, his third year on the ballot uh, at 11.3% of the votes right now but you know we'll see uh, where it takes us let's jump over to um, hmm. oh I know where we want to go let's talk about Sammy Sosa Kokomo uh, do we have to I do I want to talk about Sammy Sosa because this is it's a different conversation than the conversation around Barry Bonds, but it's still similar in vain. So uh, just real quick, Sammy Sosa, uh, right fielder for the Cubs. Um, Correct. He has a career 58.6 war, a career OPS plus of 128. He is a six-time Silver Slugger winner, seven-time All-Star, Major League Player of the Year winner, and an MVP um, for his 1998 campaign in which he hit 66 home runs. Um, man, uh, Not Manny Ramirez. Sammy Sosa led um, all of baseball in runs scored three times, led the league in home runs twice, leading all of baseball once. Um, he led all of baseball in RBIs twice, also led uh, the league in strikeouts three times, and led the league in total bases three times as well, as well as intentional walks once. 
Um, he won his MVP in a series of, let's see, three, six, Jesus, nine straight seasons of receiving MVP votes, along with two top fin- top three finishes, one of which is when he actually won his MVP. Um, he is probably best known for being an integral part of the home run chase that took place in 1998. Um, he did not win that race, um, but uh, it's still a hell of a thing to fucking try for. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Mark McGuire's time on the ballot has already, I guess, come and gone since I haven't seen him anywhere on there, and he did not make it in. Um, Mark McGuire being the man who won that race, hitting 70 home runs to Sammy Sosa's uh, 66. But... Uh, he is a very, very well-known, famous player who has also tested positive, or at least had the allegation of a positive steroids test. And Corwin, where do you stand on Sammy Sosa today? Um, again, I, I will have to say I never watched the man play baseball. I do not know him other than... You know, my first knowledge of Sammy Sosa is the uh, guy that pulled a Michael Jackson and decided to be white uh, and then was like, oh, that guy also happened to be a really good baseball player. That's pretty interesting. And then now, only now, am I coming to you know realize, oh, not only was he a really good baseball player, he was a historically good baseball player. Um, so it's hard to say you know, and give an unbiased opinion on what I think of him. It's hard to, you know, be able to have context that doesn't really cloud the rest of, you know, my opinion of him. Um, That being said, if you only have on the field stats stand for his Hall of Fame case, it's clear he should get in. I also am not entirely sure. You know, you said it was a, a PED allegation, positive test. It's one of those things where I'm not certain, or I wasn't certain. It's good to know and, and have a bit of time. Uh, but that definitely does affect his total overall case. <sighs> So when we talked about uh, Mark Burley and um, I forget who else we talked about, but sorry to keep referencing Mark Burley and having my, to force myself to keep questioning whether or not I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, we mentioned the fact that his 59 and a half war or whatever it was would look really different if it was more concentrated towards a, a high peak rather than statically just being really good. And I think that is Sammy Sosa. Like, you look at Sammy Sosa's career, and from 95 to 2002, he amassed 46 war, which in in those, how many seasons is that actually? Uh, Eight? Yeah, in those eight seasons, which means in the other 10 seasons of his career, he only amassed another 12 war. And that peak is what I think makes it different from seeing 60 war over the course of 15 seasons where you put up four war a year and doing what Sammy Sosa did, which is I'm going to read you Sammy Sosa's war by season. Ready? Negative mm-hmm. 0.4 in 89. Um, in 1990, he put up 0.5, 91, 0.6, 92, 0.6, 93, 4.1, 94, 3.8. And now here's this big stretch I was talking about from 95 to 02. 5.3, and then we enter 2003, 2.7, 0.4, 1.3, 0.5, negative 1. He did not play in 06, and then in 07, 0.1. And that peak, is, I mean, he's got a 10-war season in there. I mean, he was ridiculously good and it can't really be understated how important the 98 home run chase was um baseball was at a weird point we had left a lot of the 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 bigger kind of goofier louder portion of baseball that was 80s baseball behind and they were losing market share and 90 
looking at you, Mets, and all of your cocaine. <laughs> um, but the home run chase gave people a real reason to like connect with baseball. Um, at a very, you know, weird time. Uh, well, I say that in 2020, <laughs> but in a time where baseball started to see, I guess, a bigger dip in in attendance, in viewership, and in general fan participation, and it really meant a lot. And Sammy Sosa doing it as a Dominican player, doing it as a dark skinned player, doing it as a man on the Cubs, all that meant a, meant a lot, formally. Um, and so I would vote for him too. I think it's actually, I think, like you said, it's kind of a no brainer outside of the steroids part of it, um, which I just wanted to color a little bit because it, if it, on its face, it might seem weird that we're talking about a no brainer guy with 58 and change war when we said no to a guy with one more war than him. Um, but at the same time, like this, this is, this is exactly what we meant. Um, the steroids part of it, I don't care again. Like it was MLB can't, and, and the people who do this voting shouldn't be allowed to hold that against players who were doing it before it became against the rules. And we've talked about the morality thing before all that shit. If it wasn't against the rules, who gives a fuck? Like, I just don't care. Old white people. Yes, that is exactly who cares. I will say, to some extent, there's something to be said about the sportsmanship of it. You know, there's an argument to be made. I'm not saying that there is a good argument to be made. But I do understand why people see it as have like people taking issue with it. Um, again, I'm still right here saying Roger Clemens should get in, Barry Bond should get in, Sammy so so wow, I don't know why that kind of just failed to be said, but Sammy Sosa, despite all of his weirdness, should probably still get in. Um you know, it's just, we don't vote. And we're stuck with the Electoral College of Baseball Hall of Fame voting and the extent of, you know, old white people are the only ones who have a say, uh, at least as far as I know, because I don't know who actually votes for the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, members of I, the uh, Baseball Writers of America. Okay, so I'm sure there's some diversity there. Some, not much in, in yeah. baseball journalism. I don't know. You know, I, I would like to take a moment. I, I don't know when it's going to change. I hope it changes soon. It needs to change soon. I, <laughs> I want to take a moment to read you Mark Mark McGuire's Hall of Fame voting, um, to color how absolutely bizarre it is and how. I don't think either of us really know anything because it's so weird, um, which I didn't even realize because I wasn't paying attention to the voting as much um, when he fell off the ballot as compared to um, I, uh, just who got in and who didn't. Whereas now, you know, Corwin and I do this every year. We pay attention to the actual voting. Um, so in 2007, Mark McGuire's first appearance on the ballot, he got 23.5% of the votes, which for a first year on the ballot is actually really good. Um, obviously, if Mark McGuire didn't have the PEDs, that probably would have been a first ballot Hall of Fame appearance. But, you know, being, you know, having that as your backdrop, uh, that's still a pretty impressive turnout. 2008, his second year, 23.6%. So virtually the same. In 09, he got 21.9%, a dip down, but still right there. 2010, 23.7%, so right back to where he was. 2011, 198 2012, 19.5. 2013, 16.9. 2014, 11. 2015, 10. And in 2016, his last year on the ballot, he finished with 12.3% of the vote. It's less than half of what he got his first year on the ballot. Um, granted, it was a 2.3 percentage point increase um, over where he was the year prior, but it just isn't much. Um, and you would think that as that we've seen Clemens's and Bonds's chances uh, or vote share increase 
Um, at least from two years ago, three years ago to two years ago, the past couple of years, it's been stagnant. But um, I, I just don't know what to make of Sosa in the context of Mark McGuire. Because I would like to think that as time has been put between us and the scandal, um, you know, as it, as it broke right around, you know, the oh, what, oh, four ish, oh, oh, seven ish time, time frame, that we've grown a better understanding of how little it really matters and how, in the grand world of sports, who gives a shit. Um, but you, I would have said the same for Mark McGuire, and he got worse in his odds as, as time went on. So I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. Would you vote for him? Mark McGuire? Uh, no, Sammy Sosa. Possibly, depending. It would depend on how the ballot plays out. I'd put Bonds and Clemens first. If I had nine and needed one more, I'd vote for Sosa. I feel you. All right. I guess let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Um, so. Let's talk about Andrew Jones. I made passing mention of Andrew Jones, I think, in a, in one of the earlier iterations of this episode. I yes. cannot believe that Andrew Jones is not already in the Hall of Fame and that we're even talking about it. This is his fourth year on the ballot. Last year, he received 19.4% of the vote, which is fucking nonsense that it's that low. Um, Andrew Jones... 62.7 career war. He finished his career um, a five-time All-Star, a 10-time Gold Glove winner, a Silver Slugger, and a Major League Player of the Year. So, and you might say, that's really good uh, defense. Yes, it is. Um, he was considered one of the best defenders in his position, which is a center field position. It's the most important position in the outfield. Um, and finished with a positive D-War of 24.4. That's really impressive. His offense, you might ask, also really fucking good. He finished his career with a 111 OPS plus, which is good. It's not like fucking Mike Trout shit, but goddamn it, if it's not still really fucking nice. Um, we have to compare people to Mike Trout because Mike Trout is like a Barry Bonds, you know, Babe Ruth level player of you know quality and specialness to that generation. He shouldn't be the bar that we can. I agree. To. I agree. It's wrong of me to do it. I was going to say the media, but I am the order. media, so it's my fault. Um, oh my God, we're the media. Kind of. Uh, Andrew Jones led uh, led all of baseball in home runs one season, 2005, when he hit 51 of them. And that same year, he led the league in RBIs with 128. He never really led anything else at any given time. But at the same time, this is this is a phenomenal career. Uh, his his career slash line is 254, 337, 486. That's an 823 OPS, good for a 111 OPS plus. He kind of danced around being over and under 100 throughout his entire career, which is why his average ends up being 111. And I understand that the batting average looks kind of shit at 254, but at the same time, this is a this is a defense first position for a lot of teams, for a lot of people. Um, and to finish it out with a, with a with over being an above average hitter for sure, and in some seasons just being an outright damn good hitter, in addition to being over the minimum threshold of sixty WAR to kind of make the Hall of Fame, doing it at a premium position, being a great glove, I I I mean I mean he his one hundred sixty two game average, he's hitting thirty two home runs. His one hundred sixty two game average, an average season for Andrew Jones, you're getting. Um, 162 games played. That's right. That's that's the average standard. You're getting 639 played appearances, 561 at bats, 89 runs, 143 hits, 28 doubles, three triples, 32 home runs. In an average season, he's hitting 32 home runs, 95 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, four caught stealing, 66 walks, 129 strikeouts. I read the the slash line already, um, and that's that's damn good. And additionally speaking, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, whatever the fuck. 24.4 divided by 17 is to get his average D-War, which will be positive. Which you never get positive D-War. This is... I don't understand why we're even having this conversation. 
Corbin? Yeah, so you're cutting out. I just didn't know if you were finished talking. Yeah, Do you yeah. say that, you know, you don't know why we're having this conversation? Are you saying that, you know, figuratively or like literally you don't even know why it is he's not in the Hall of Fame yet? I don't understand I why don't he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know either. I was just hoping you would have some more insight. Well, it, and it just it just feels perplexing to me that you got a guy who is universally considered like top three in his position for basically his entire career who isn't even getting 20% of the vote in the Hall of Fame. I, I just don't understand that. And I understand that, that um, like how, and, and you know, we did a whole episode talking about how we shouldn't discount Omar Vizquel. And I, the new shit's come to light, man. But I don't understand how Omar Vizquel is getting over double the votes of Andrew. Like who has an Omar, not Andrew Jones ballot? And what are you smoking? It makes no fucking sense. I I do not have an answer for you. And I don't know anyone who would. I and you know, I I have faith that we'll see Andrew Jones get in in time, but this feels like a lesser extent of the Larry Walker conversation. Larry Walker, who I think had a higher bat peak, um, you know, because his 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 peak there was colossal. It was fucking crazy, um, but without the glove, so he was all offense, which I think, which I would normally say people respond better to. And Andrew Jones' offense is obviously good, hit, but his glove is what really I think pushes him over the edge. But mm-hmm. we see Omar getting the votes, so I don't understand who's voting for Omar's defense, but not and obviously not his offense but not the defense and offense of Andrew Jones. It is absolutely bizarre. I don't get it. Um, he deserves better than 19%. Completely agree. So you'd vote for him? I would vote for Andrew Jones. All right, let's uh, let's talk about... Uh, so that puts us into the, the, uh, the top 10 vote-getters, Andrew Jones being the 11th highest vote-getter last season. Um, so we're entering into into our top ten here. Let, let's give a, a passing mention to a couple guys, um, and uh, we'll just see how deep in we get. The, the 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 top four we've talked about to a large extent already. Talked about Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, and Omar Vizquel. Um, so we're really just looking to get through some some more of these names. We're not going to hit all of them today, but you know we'll do what we can do. Uh, so let's talk about the number ten vote getter. He's entering his eighth season on the ballot. Uh, he got. Um, 27.5% of the vote last year, so chances not looking good for our man Jeff Kent. Uh, Jeff Kent sitting at 55.4 career war. He was a second baseman, third baseman, and first baseman predominantly for the San Francisco Giants, as well as playing for the Toronto Blue Jays, the New York Mets, the Cleveland Indians, the Houston Astros, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. He won an MVP in 2000. Um, he was a five-time All-Star, a four-time Silver Slugger, and has a career slash line of 290, 356, 500, good for an OPS of 855, an OPS plus of 123, um, and a DWAR career of negative 0.1, which ain't too shabby, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, tell me, do you, have any, do you have any thoughts on Jeff Kent? I, I didn't know who Jeff Kent was. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no fucking clue who Jeff Kent was. <laughs> oh, thank God. Whew. Yeah, I, I have... Because, like, you know, I can sit here and, and, and say it's it's because he played West Coast baseball basically my entire life. He was played for the Giants, Astros, and Dodgers in that order from 97 to 08. So I basically did not experience this man's career in the slightest. At the same time, same can be said for Sammy Sosa. And I think the fact that I know who Sammy Sosa is and I don't know who Jeff Kent is... Tells you all you need to know about these two players. Um, yes. Because if Jeff Kent did anything worth knowing, I feel like you or I. I would know about it. So, yeah, what's impressive is he won MVP and didn't lead the lead the league in any. 
think a great that season. season. Like, okay. So in uh, Jeff Kent won MVP over Barry Bonds, oh, and it was, was not close. Yeah. Oh, fuck Jeff Kent. Keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He doesn't deserve hold it. Hold on. Hold on. This is a – oh, my God. Who did this voting? All right. So Jeff Kent, 7.2 war oh, in 2000. That's pretty fucking good, 7.2 war. That's really fucking good, right? Yeah. Barry Bonds, 7.7. That's better. Todd Helton, 8.9. He All finished right. fifth. Andrew Jones, 8.2. He finished eighth. Uh. Randy Johnson, 8.1, finished 17th. Why did people vote for Jeff Kent? People are stupid. Yeah, that's all I got. People are fucking dumb. I mean, like, dude, Todd Helton, you know what Tom Hel- Todd Helton's batting average was? And I never do this. But you know what his batting average was in 2000? Uh, 513. 372. Okay, I was making a joke, but that's still really excellent. Yeah, because I was like, I was looking at Jeff Kent's stats, and the only thing that seemed was impressive here is maybe his batting average. He batted three thirty four that season to Barry Bonds's three oh six. Um, but no, Todd Helton three seventy two, Vlad Guerrero three forty five. Like he wasn't even the highest of the guys that that were finished in the top five. Well, Vlad was in the top six, but I mean, still, this is fuck this, and like it wasn't even close. Jeff Kent got twenty two first place votes. Barry Bonds got six. Mike Piazza got three, and Todd Helton got one. That's it. It's just fucking stupid. Wow. You know what? Yeah, I'm with you. Fuck Jeff Kent. He does not deserve to make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> For real, though, he doesn't deserve to make the Hall of Fame. 55 oh, war, and he had, like, no peak? No, absolutely not. Right? Like, not even close. No, of course not. All right, so... I guess that's that on Jeff Kent. <laughs> we come okay. here for the Jeff Kent slander. Um, <laughs> all right, that brings us to the number nine vote getter heading into his fifth year on the ballot. Manny Ramirez, whom we talked about previously today, uh, he received twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, I do mean Pedro. Uh, he received twenty-eight point two percent of the ballots his last time up. Uh, so let's get a little bit into Manny Ramirez. Again, this will be a difficult or a different discussion than just standard regular regular dudes. Manny Ramirez finished his career with 69.3 career war. Uh, his um, He was a 12-time All-Star, 9-time Silver Slugger, won a batting title, won two World Series, won World Series MVP, had a career slash line of 312, 411, 585, good for a 996 career OPS and a 154 career OPS plus. He never won MVP, but he had, oh my God, how many seasons is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight seasons of MVP vote getting. Ten seasons um, out of out of uh, consecutive 11, running from 1998 all the way to 2008. That's right, his age 26 to 36 season, he received at least some MVP votes, finishing top five in four of those seasons and finishing top 10 in an additional five of those seasons. God damn, he only finished outside the top 10 once, basically. Um, he was a second-place Rookie of the Year finisher. Um, he, he led the league in... Uh, home runs once in 2004 with 43 in RBIs once with 165 in 1999 um, batting average once in uh, 2002 with a 349 batting average. He led the league at OPS three times slugging three times OPS three times OPS plus once and intentional walks twice. Um, he was a longtime member of the Boston Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, as well as some seasons with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Chicago White Sox, and Tampa Bay Rays to cap out his career. Um, We don't talk about those. Yeah, yeah, that's not really worth it. Um, Now he, again, this guy seems like a lock. Another guy who's accused of PED use. Um, So it makes that, so let's leave that out of it for the moment. Corwin, give me a take on Manny Ramirez. Yeah, I mean, I'd vote for him. I think he should be in it. You know, I, I think I'd put him ahead of Sosa. 
Uh, but behind Bonds and Clemens, if we're talking and discussing, you know, the, the PED guys on this year's ballot. Um, so, I mean, we've already talked about, you know, how we would have that all end up. So I'm not going to go too deep. Right, right. And I'm with you. I mean, 60 career war is the general threshold. Basically, 70 for Manny Ramirez. It's a, And I say this as Yankee boy of Yankee boys. Um, and Randy Ramirez, who fucked us year after year for a long fucking time. Oh my God, it's easy as shit. And it cannot be understated how much fucking fun the man had playing baseball and how much you want to see that. If you gave me the choice between, you know, and obviously this is a stupid hypothetical, but I already started, so I'm going to finish it anyway. If you gave me the choice between voting for a dude who, like, mashed fucking dongs, but, like, never looked like he was having fun doing it, or a guy who seemed like he enjoyed baseball every time he struck out, give me that guy. I I want that guy representing baseball in the Hall of Fame, going around giving talks as a Hall of Famer and trying to promote the sport. I want Manny Ramirez. That dude's a fucking blast. I 100% agree with you. So, again, he's getting pinged for the PED use, which... You can have your own opinions on, but, like, fuck you if you disagree with me. <laughs> Again, I'm right there with you. Fuck anyone that has a different opinion than my own. Fuck you, Dad! Oh, man, let's not open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Juicing the Numbers brought to you by Lifelong Daddy Issues. Brought to you by therapy. Oh, who can afford that? Yeah, <laughs> Our American insurance system. <laughs> We are a joke amongst civilized nations. All right, uh, let's We're talk a joke about joke amongst uncivilized nations. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a jump down. Let's see. We might actually be able to finish this out. Let's let's try to power through a little bit then, so we can okay. not do this next time we record. <laughs> uh, Todd, anything else? <laughs> yeah, it's true. This has been easy fodder for us. Uh, Todd Helton is on his third year on the ballot. He's also the eighth highest vote getter out of. Um, out of Hall of Fame eligible players this past season, with 29.2% of the vote. Uh, Todd Helton has a career 61.8 war. He was a five-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner, four-time Silver Slugger, and has a batting title. He never won MVP, but he had five consecutive top 20 finishes, received votes in one other season later on in his career. His uh, his 2000 campaign is ludicrous, as we had mentioned previously, how he got kind of hosed. That season, he led all of base. Sorry, led the league in hits, doubles, RBIs, batting average, on-base percent, slugging, OPS, and total bases, and finished fifth in MVP voting, which is fucking disrespectful. Um, but anyway, he played his entire career in Colorado, which is part of the reason um, he's somewhat of a more interesting case. I think um, Larry Walker is helping pave the way for him to have an easier trip to the Hall of Fame. But it's going to be a conversation, uh, nonetheless. Um, that's really all there is to say. His his he the only seasons he really led the league in anything were that 2000 season. But that peak he had from 2000 to 04 is um, even 05 is is a really nice peak. Um, and he had a good career outside of it. I'm not sure if I've read his career slash line, but his career slash line was 316, 414, 539, good for a 953 OPS and a lifetime 133 OPS plus. Um, so Todd Helton was a really fucking solid hitter and a career DWAR of negative five, which for first base is uh, fine. Yeah. So what do you think about Todd Helton? I think he should get in. I think, you know, yeah, no MVPs, but I think you also have to look at the fact that he was hosed and should have an MVP. I don't think you should, you know, have a antiquated talk about, oh, well, what he does have versus what he should have. Like, the stats are there. He earned it. Whatever your opinion is on the matter, the information is there. Um, I think you should get in. Yeah, as far I think as so. I know he doesn't have any PED. Not that I know of either. No history. Not not to my not to my knowledge. Uh, he's also the the highest WAR getting baseball player from Tennessee. Oh, well, shit, that's all you need to know. Although, Mookie Betts gunned for that ass. Oh, uh, he'll, he'll get it. Yeah, Mookie Betts currently sitting at 45.4, Todd Helton at 
61.8. So Mookie Betts just needs 16 more to uh, to catch up, which he'll probably do over the course of like two seasons because Mookie Betts. And that's like yeah, average he'll, for him. He'll do it in a single season because he's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts 17 war season. I, we should probably, uh, I feel like we've done this before or use the tool like war estimator. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, uh, bless you. Thank you. Um, we should figure out what kind of season you have to have to end up with Mookie Betts getting 17 war. I would love to do that. We can certainly work on that. Nice. Um, Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, all right. So I, I would also vote for Todd Helton. We'll leave it there and we'll keep moving. Um, yep. Next up, we have uh, another PED case. As you can tell, there's a lot of them, all these guys. Again, it only became a thing all at once, and therefore that led to a lot of the guys sitting on the on the Hall of Fame ballot because no one decided what to do about that um, once this situation arose because they weren't given lifetime bans at the time. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield uh, had um, thirty point five percent of the ballot his last time up. He's about to head into his seventh time on the ballot. Um, so Ooh. to make up that additional forty five percentage points that he would need seems daunting. Um, but he's got some time. Um, Gary Sheffield's career WAR is sixty point five. He was a nine-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, has a batting title, MLB Player of the Year award, and was a winner in the 1997 World Series. Uh, he led the league in batting average once on base percentage, once OPS, once OPS plus, once, and total bases once. Uh, he was a he had a nice late career resurgence um, when he was playing for Atlanta and New York. Uh, but had a very successful career. He was great his time in Florida. Um, I re- forgot he played in Milwaukee, but apparently he did. Um, and, you know, he uh, one of the most famous batting yeah. stances of all time. Uh, Gary Sheffield, he's on the ballot. Does he? Yeah. What do you think about Gary? Um, uh, if I had to say anything, I would say... Hall of very good, not necessarily Hall of Fame. Uh, I I don't know. It's tough because, again, I never saw him. And what I know of him isn't... I don't know. I just just don't know if I know enough about him, especially without ever seeing him play. I'm not sure what the fuck I know about him either, if we're being honest here. Um, The 04 Yankees, I recall that team. I don't necessarily recall him specifically because I was like nine. (laughs) Um, But fuck, man. I mean, he played 22 seasons, which is very impressive. I know. He played forever, man. Uh, He played from 1988 to 2009. And I think that's super cool. Um, he was, I mean, he was never bad. He was always a good player. Um, outside of his two, three seasons, he finished in under 100, um, OPS plus, which who gives a shit, honestly. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I am a big hall guy. Um, so I'd probably vote yes on him. Um, because I don't understand why being too exclusive. And my thinking is if I'm that much on the fence, or I'm that even keel on the fence, I'll probably lean towards saying yes. Because it uh, also in part because if I'm a voter, I want more time to think about that guy. And I can only do that by voting yes. If I vote, if I don't, if I, you leave him off the ballot and he falls below 5%, you don't get the chance to even think about it anymore. Um, plus, uh, Gary Sheffield's always seemed like a, good dude and uh yeah i really i don't give a shit about having the small hall shit so i'd probably vote yes on gary sheffield but i don't really care yeah uh all right that brings us up to ah ah billy wagner so billy wagner billy wagner was the uh was the number six vote getter last season Sixth year on the ballot coming up, 31.7% of the votes. Um, He had a career war of 27.7. He was a pitcher. He had um, 
finished his career with just under 1,200 strikeouts, a zero a 0.998 WHIP, seven-time All-Star, a uh, Rolades Relief Pitcher of the Year award. <laughs> I don't want them to ever rename that. I hope they don't. <laughs> Uh, he pitched for nine years in Houston, four years for the Mets, two for the Phillies, one for Atlanta, and one for Boston. Um, he finished his. He led uh, the league in uh, games finished twice. He never led the league in saves, but finished his career with 422 of them. Um, as I said previously, he finished his career with a uh, 2.31 ERA. That's on the back of a 2.73 FIP. Um, yeah, so really good reliever, um, really good closer. You know, 27.7 war is a decent amount for a reliever. That is to be kept in mind. I've said so over the course of the podcast several times that 60 war is usually the cutoff point. That is for everyday players and pitchers, um, starting pitchers for relievers because of the drastically fewer innings that they see. Um, you're just not going to get to 60. Mariano Rivera, who's the greatest closer of all time, only has 56.3. So by the 60-war threshold, he wouldn't be getting there. Um, and he shouldn't because he doesn't have that. Yeah. Fuck you, Mariano Rivera. Just kidding. I love you, Mo. Um, but you are a MAGA person, and I do hate you for that. Um, is he really? Oh, I know. It's so depressing. He is. Oh, no. I, I know. I know. It's, it really is so genuinely upsetting. Uh, but anyway, Billy Wagner, 27.7 war. How are you feeling about uh, another closer coming up for the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't know anything about him. So sure. <laughs> that's yeah. it? That's all, yeah, that's all that's it took? Um, uh, yeah. All right. Welcome to the Hall. Um, yes. it, it, this, this is basically uh, the... Uh, a, a diluted version of the top Trevor Hoffman discussion. Trevor Hoffman also made the Hall of Fame, a uh, longtime closer for the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Finished his career with 28 war on the nose, career ERA of uh, 2.87, and a whip of 1085, 1058, uh, 1133 strikeouts, um, which is a very similar stat line to Billy Wagner's. Um, Hoffman finished with more saves, 601 versus 422. Uh, but they both served the same role. They both accumulated the same amount of war, and they both did so as like you know stalwarts of their position. Really, I, I would probably vote for Billy Wagner. Um, I get why he's not higher in terms of his vote getting because voting in closers as that closer role has really been defined and refined over the years makes it look a little bit more stark compared to starting pitchers because there's no good equivalent for batting. Um, that war is so much lower. Those counting stats are so much lower. But I think if we're looking at it under the you know, auspices of what that job actually does, yeah, Billy Wagner did a really great job for a really long time, and that's what the Hall of Fame is for. So there you go. All right, last one. You ready? Yeah. All right, that brings us to uh, Scott Rowland, who last time I said his name, you said who? Uh, Scott Rowland. A longtime third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies, also played for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Cincinnati Reds. All teams Corwin hates. Uh, he hey, was he accumulated seven. I just like the Reds, but I don't hate the Reds. Fair enough. Uh, he finished his career with seventy point one career WAR. Um, he was a Rookie of the Year winner, a seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner, a one Silver Slugger, and winner of the two thousand six World Series. Uh, he has a career slash line. Uh, 281, 364, 490, good for an 855 OPS and a lifetime 122 OPS plus. Uh, he never led the league in anything, anything wow. with 70 career war. I mean, not even games played or played appearances, one of those tacky ones I don't even usually read. He never led the league in anything, which is genuinely impressive because he put up 70 war in 17 seasons. Crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, I would say, like, just looking at that, now, without any other information, I would say, fuck, yeah, that's like a first ballot Hall of Famer type career. But, man, he didn't lead the league in anything ever, so I don't think we should vote him in. <laughs> uh, he finishes. He also finishes his career with 21.2 career 
Dwar, um, Scott Rowland, very good third baseman. Um, and, and, you know, a good hitter just – I guess he was just, uh, you know, really bolstered by his by his D-war there. What? Why the Hall hates um, Scott Rowland and Andrew Jones? I don't understand. These are two guys who played like premium positions with really good defense and a and a, and a good plus bat that that like got a bunch of WAR. I don't know why they hate them. Because you look um, at a pitcher who happens to be good at hitting, and you think, oh man, that means he can't be good at pitching if he's a hitting hit pitcher. I don't know. It's confusing as shit. Uh, as is all of baseball. This is true. I, I, I would hope that they would vote for him, uh, in part because he's obviously really good, but in also part because this is, this is who Nolan Arenado is aspiring to be right now. I think. Um, their their stat lines for their career are like pretty fucking similar, and they both. Scott Rowland was basically I'll just, I'll read the stat line so you can so you can hear it out. So both played third base. All right. They're they're they, let's look at their slash lines again. As I said, for Scott Rowland, um 240, sorry, 281, 364, 490, 855 OPS. Um for Nolan Arenado, 293, 349, 541, good for an 890 OPS. So Arenado taking an edge there. Um, but Arenado's OPS plus. 120 Scott Rowland's OPS plus 122. So there is that, you know, era factor that gets adjusted in um, with OPS plus, given how the rest of the league was performing at that time. Uh, Arenado's defense currently sitting him at a DWAR of 14.7. As I said, Scott Rowland's 21.2. With how much slower you accumulate DWAR than you do OR, it's not unreasonable to think that it would take Arenado a while more to get up to the 21.7 mark since it took him eight years to get up to the 14. So the tack on another half would take him another four seasons or so, maybe longer. It depends on how he appreciates with age, but we'll see. Um, and I would think that we are looking at what would be, if it continued from Arenado, a Hall of Fame career, if he keeps this up. You? Oh, absolutely. And that's Scott Rowland. <laughs> like, and I, I would... I would think baseball would want to have a guy like that actually be in the Hall of Fame, because then you get to, then you get to spend not only the rest of um, you know uh, fucking Scott Rowland's career or life getting to say I'm a I'm a Hall of Famer. Look how cool baseball is. You also get to spend the rest of Nolan Arenado's career going, can he be as good as, as Scott Rowland? Will he make the Hall of Fame? Look how close these stats are. Like, don't you don't you want to do that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't say I've been going out of my way to look forward to it, but, you know, now that I know about it, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I would, I, I hope he gets it. It, it's, what's, what year is this for him on the ballot? This is his fourth season coming up on the ballot with 35.3% of the votes. So he's got time and he's starting from a pretty high point. So I hope he clears the threshold, but again, you know, what the fuck do we know? We'll fucking see. As it stands right now on the ballot, there's four guys who finished above 50% last time, and then everybody else finished 30% or less, pretty much, or 35% or less. Um, so it's, numbers got to move somewhere here. Um, I'm hoping those direct some of the guys we talked about um, and away from Jeff Kent. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I guess we'll fucking see. This is a... Uh, it's 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 a weird time for for the Hall of Fame ballot with half this ballot being um, steroids infused and the other half being clean. Mm, definitely. Uh, do you have any other any other thoughts on um on um? Please, please for the love of God. We we need him. Yeah, we deserve it. He deserves it. We, we all deserve, deserve it. Most of all. Ugh. All right. Well, then I guess we'll wrap it up, uh, which means because we got through all the players in the Hall of Fame ballot that we thought were worth discussing. I'm um, sorry to those who we didn't think were worth discussing. You're very important. You just weren't Hall of Fame important. And we have a time crunch because we're lazy. Um, but that being said, it means we'll be done with talking about the Hall of Fame ballot until voting results actually come in. Um, so thanks for, for hanging out and playing along. Tune in next week. <laughs>
Um, all right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. You want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And uh, until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.